0: Well, I just, I want to thank you guys because I, I've been reflecting on how how f- far we've come in the last almost two years. Um, we're approaching two years, it'll be in March, but it's about a year and a half that we've been going, and um, I just really feel like there's been a lot of progression in the spirit, like in, in where we're at in our thinking and where we're at in our, our living, and so I just want to thank you guys because I, I feel... A lot of momentum with what the Holy Spirit's interested and excited to do with us. and so this morning we're going to get into a topic that I feel like is a like AP topic, advanced placement topic. You guys, we're not doing like basic remedial English today. I used to teach that, by the way. I was a really wonderful <laughs> English teacher. And I just know like the routine of doing the basics is valuable, and we do a lot of that and. Uh, this morning, we're going to be talking about prayer in a way that I've, I've never necessarily taught on it before, but I, I, want you to, I want you to consider with me for a moment the value of prayer and interaction with God. If you were alone on an island, God dropped you off on an island, He would know that there was an opportunity for you to be in relationship with Him because He's designed you in such a way where your heart your mind, your emotions are drawn to the creator of all of this with or without a really in-depth education on how this works. We just naturally want to be in connection with God. In fact, I think we sang about it this morning in some ways. It's like that we we long to be in communion with the creator. Communion to me is just it's intimate relationship, it's it's language, it's affection back and forth. It's something that we naturally long for in the, in with our relationships with people, but it's definitely something God has designed for us to experience with him. And the interesting challenge with that is if you were alone on that island, you'd be looking for that affection and intimacy and relationship in the natural. You'd wake up in the morning, and you'd go walk around the island. Say, where are all my friends? Where are you? Where are you? You're not here. I'm alone. I've just discovered this, so I'm sad. And so maybe there's this process, and you've been through this when you have a thousand neighbors and you have a thousand friends. Even when you're surrounded by people, there still at times can be a a real dramatic need for relationship, connection, and intimacy that transcends even just the reality of you being there with people. It's not just about being physically next to people that makes you feel connected. It's actually more than that. It's something inside of you that also agrees that there's connection here. If you guys have ever been estranged from a friend, estranged from a relationship, you have someone that you were really close to and then you became really far away from them, you'll know that it's internal that that breach or that change is affecting, right? It's inside. Relationships are really born and bred inside. It's not just about the physical, natural actions that we take. And so I want you to consider with me when God has designed you, he's designed you in such a way that he wants you to understand the connection with him is just as real, just as valid, and really in a lot of ways the same as what you have with the people you can see with your natural eyes. It's the spirit inside of you that's connecting with one another, but it's also the spirit inside of you that's connecting with God. And so for you to start to prioritize and value that spiritual connection with God in the same way, if not more, than what you have in the physical. That's advanced. That's understanding that my spirit man, my connection with the creator is not similarly important to my relationships on earth. It's more important. My spirit is the thing that will live forever. My natural flesh will die at some point. So this this life that my spirit lives deserves attention. It deserves investment. It deserves priority. And so one of the foremost like fundamental things that God introduces in scripture is this idea of prayer. Prayer in scripture is the, is the language, the connection that God articulates for us to connect with him. It's fascinating. It's interesting to me that the creator of all this has designed us in a way where he values us going to him for communion, connection, even though we don't see him, it's something that we're acknowledging. It's a spirit connection. Now, I know you guys have all practiced prayer at different times. You guys have been in that that place like when I was nine years old, going up to bat in the championship game, and I'm like, God, I need to hit a home run right now. Like, you, you have been there. You've walked into that classroom unprepared, and you're like, God, just a little help this time. Just this once, I promise. You've had more serious situations where you've kind of, in your heart, just instinctively, hey, I'm in a bad place. I need you now, and I just, I just need you to come through. We all just, we go there. It's really, it's really, and even there's times where it's like, I just want to thank you because... I feel really good today. There's these these natural moments where you find yourself expressing yourself to God. And so I'd ask you guys, is, is the level of relationship you have in those expressions indicative of a depth of investment similar to the most important people in your lives? Do you invest in those connection moments with God in the same way that you would for those people that you feel are higher priorities. And it's not just a matter of time. I think I wanna simp- make sure I make this clear for you guys. God has not designed us to sit in a room by ourselves eight hours a day until we pass away. That is not the ultimate use of you as a created human being. So it's not about, hey, do you give, if I was to ask this question, do you give your, your boss and your workplace more value than you do God if you were to think it had to do with time you would say well I'm never going to win that balancing act it's always going to be out of balance and so I just want to remind you it's not about time spent it's about value internally where you know that the ultimate relationship in your life is God regardless of the time you must spend with others that fair you guys get that I, it's really it's really similar to say like do you value do I value my wife yes I value my wife I actually spend more time at work awake than I do with her awake because we have a lot of little kids and we get home and there's about two to three hours a day where we're actually functional and alive and then we just crash and in the mornings the next day we're like okay let's try this again it's not that I would rather be at work or I'd rather be doing other things. It's just this is the order of life in this season. And so you guys understand it's a, that's a very logical kind of value conversation. So for God, for you, there is a high, high worth in your value for him. And so what I want to introduce to you guys today is a concept of how we approach God, the tone in which we approach God has everything to do with the results of that communion, that intimacy. See, oftentimes, I think we, we find ourselves thinking of prayer as a, as a vehicle to get us to a place or a checkbook to, to earn us or allow us to purchase certain things. It's this kind of nebulous conversation that we have where we're hoping for a result, and we're oftentimes, in my experience, mystified because the results are slow coming, hard to come by, confusing at times. We're sometimes left just in the lurch of, maybe it's me that this thing isn't going so well. Maybe it's me because the Bible says that whatever I ask for in prayer, he'll, he'll do. And that's a confusing scripture, and we're not going to study that one today. But it, it's something that may kind of show up in those moments where you say, hey, I, I thought we talked you were going to help me on the test today. This is a D minus. This is not what we talked about. And I didn't hit the home run. I struck out and I'm a little disappointed. (laughs) And you spend your life remembering those moments where you prayed and the result didn't come and you're left wondering, who's at fault here? Does he care? Is this me? Is there a different way of doing it? And you guys know there's a lot of mystery in life as it relates to the spirit realm. There's a lot of questions that naturally arise as we lean into a life where the spirit has a priority and an increasing value and investment. And it's never mathematics. It's never A plus B equals C. It's always A plus B equals mystery. And hopefully I have endurance to understand what it actually ends up working out to be. All right, so I just wanna ask you guys with me. Could we consider the tone in which we interact with God today. Could we consider the tone of prayer? Have you guys ever heard the phrase tone deaf? Like someone's tone deaf? So like when they're socially interacting, they have no awareness of their effect on people. It's like they're on a mission to communicate and it's like, whoa, that was offensive. That hurt. Gosh, this guy has no idea what he's saying. Gosh, his tone stinks. Why is he so grumpy all the time? And you go no no, I'm not grumpy. I'm this is this was me happy. You should see me grumpy. Right? Like there's there's this we 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 come across people, we come across circumstances where you're like, "Geez, this guy doesn't know how to communicate." Well, this is it's not going to get what he wants. I want I want to introduce you to a concept that possibly, just possibly, you are you are in a place in life where you've achieved a certain relationship with God where God is continually pouring grace on the relationship because you have no awareness of your tone. He is constantly treating you like you would a child where he covers you up and over, protects you, surrounds you but a depth of relationship that would be there if you were really a mature adult in that relationship isn't possible because you're unaware of your approach. You're so consumed by the world that you're bringing to God that you're missing the point that there's a relationship there that has a proper order that's really only available to someone who has grown in their maturity and understanding of who God is, how he should be approached, and what prayer actually means. All right, so that's the topic. I'm going to read you Matthew 8, 6. I'm going to read through the whole thing. You can go to the first slide. This is the first, and we'll come back to this. I'm going to read you 6... Um, five six six through eight so three three scriptures really quick um, and then we'll come back to this one so but whenever you pray go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who is sees in secret will reward you when you are praying do not heap up empty phrases as the gentiles do for they think that they will be heard because of their many words Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. All right. And then the last portion of this scripture that we'll get to at the end is um, the our Father's prayer, which I know you guys all know. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be be thy name. So we're going to get to that in a minute, where Jesus actually explains you should pray like this. But I want to consider first, before we get to that, these first three scriptures where Jesus is talking not just to his disciples, but he's talking to a group of people. He's talking after they've been considering the Pharisees and their way of doing church, religion, God. And so he says this on that slide right there. You got it. But whenever you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Say secret. secret. All right. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. All right. So I want to slow down, break down, consider what Jesus is saying when he says what prayer is supposed to be. What your communion, your conversation with God is supposed to look like. First of all, it's a place of secrecy. It's a place where there's only two of you involved. There's not a third member to this conversation. It is God himself and you And it's only for God and you. Notice here that he calls him your father. It is really interesting because I think that most of us have a process to go through to understand what an intimate, pure, healthy relationship with a father is supposed to be. And so when the invitation comes from Jesus, hey, I want to teach you about prayer, go into a private, secret place and sit down with your Father for all of us. It evokes a certain understanding of what that means. And so I want to introduce this like, really fundamental thing that you have to understand as you approach prayer. If you do not believe and you do not understand that God, as a father, is fundamentally good, you will never have a prayer life that's real. You can't. You can't. Because if you think a father is abusive, you will not go to him in a secret place, in a place from a place of vulnerability. If you think he is judgmental and performance-oriented, you may go on your good days, but on your bad days... I'm not drawn to prayer, but when I get an A on a test or I get a promotion, I might run in and go, hey, let's talk. I feel good, you feel good, right? We feel good, let's talk. But on your bad days where you failed, you'll find that that secret, intimate closet of prayer, it's not attractive, it doesn't feel great. Guys, I could go through an infinite list of dysfunctional aspects of relationships And it would probably touch a lot of places for you as it relates to no father, natural father is perfect. We're not having that expectation of our dads and some are way worse than others and and all of that is meaningful. But I'll tell you, the gospel is true. Jesus came to die and cover your sins and renew your mind and your life. He, He wants you to be born again into the spirit And so when you're born again into the spirit, all of your predispositions, your wiring, your understanding of what maybe your relationships, good and bad, were, they're relevant and they have an effect, but there's hope for a renewed life, completely born again, new life. And so the idea that I could develop a real relationship with a father in a secret place is not for other people, it's for you. You have to know the truth of the gospel is, God is good. He is safe, he is strong, he's a protector, and he loves me. And therefore I can return to him every day when I fail and when I succeed. It is the core, the foundation of your relationship. And so when Jesus invites us into prayer, he understands the depth of your background, but he says, please go, and meet the Father. Jesus was best qualified to say that because he knew how good the Father was. All right. And your Father who sees in secret. This is cool. This is the nature of of God. He knows everything that's going on that's inside. And so I don't think it's as much about a physical room as it is about the, the natural quiet relationship that you have when you're in prayer with God. There is a secret place that only he can hear and connect to, and that is where this happens. And so it's safe. It's safe. It's safe. And I like that last phrase, he will reward you. I don't know what that means, but I like it. I hope you like it too. (laughs) He will reward you just for going there, just for going to a secret place, he'll reward you. Knowing the nature of God If he has reward in mind, I promise you, you want to figure out what that is. It's not an equation where if I pray the right prayer, he gives me the thing I'm asking for. There's a reward, a reward. That's separate from he'll answer your prayer. There's a reward there. So I just, I challenge you, go find that reward. All you have to do is spend time in that place with him. Let's look at the next next slide. When you're praying, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. All right. Okay. Say, I'm a Gentile. This is about me. This is about me. Okay. All of you have to learn not to just talk at God. All of you have to learn not to talk at God as if he's just listening to you get all your words out. Me and Soph joke about it a lot. It's like she gets her words in every day when I come home. She has a certain quota. It's way higher than mine, so I'll come on, how you doing, and then she'll say, how you doing, I'm good, and then we'll listen, I'll listen, Vince will listen for a while as I hear how her day has gone. Um, That's healthy and that's good, but there's something that's described here where we instinctively feel that a good relationship means I'm putting everything in me on this other person, or I'm sharing, maybe in a healthy way, with this other person, or he needs to hear that I know that I'm saying the right things. And, and you guys have been in those situations before, and I, I have done this, and I want you to understand, this is a natural progression for all of us. Effective communication oftentimes is simpler calmer, quieter, and intended to lead to listening rather than me preaching, for example. This is a one-sided conversation this morning. And so if I was confused, I would think the effective relationship with you or with God would be if I could get this microphone and I could get you to sit there for long enough and I could just talk to you, talk to you, talk to you, talk to you. And then you, you go out and you go, wow, what a relationship we have. <laughs> I love him. We are, we are so close. He just shared everything with me. Like, he talked to me about his perspective on scripture. He talked to me about his concerns with his home life. He talked to me. He just talked about everything. I love that guy. We're best friends. That seems a little wrong, Right. So the, the, the idea here, it's really interesting because, because Jesus is saying there's, there's a common way of communicating, thinking that you're achieving something. It's natural. It's natural to all kind of humans. He, he, the last verse, he was talking about the Pharisees. This verse, he's talking about the Gentiles. The last verse was in response to the Pharisees kind of getting up on the corner praying out loud so everyone could hear their prayer, so that everyone could see what they were doing. And Jesus was like, no, no, no. They, the reward is for them that people saw them, and that's where it ends. But it's not just that that's not good. The other version that's not good is when you just pour words towards God, articulate all of your thoughts towards him, and think that that's a relationship. Now, I'll tell you guys, it's okay if that is part of the process, I do need to sit down and tell my feelings and ideas and the way my day went to, so for her to know what's going on with me. That's part of it. It's healthy. But there has to be a next step. And I'll tell you, it's, it's really amazing when you're able to consider, I have to take this relationship further. Have you guys, this is a fun one. I'm, I know, don't answer this. Have you ever been on a date and the other person just talks the entire time? And you're like, that was a terrible date. I don't think I want to spend time with them. Again, because they weren't interested in me. You guys are all uncomfortable now. That's great. (laughs) That's good. You know I like it when you get uncomfortable. Okay, let's look at the last one. All right, next, there we go. So don't be like them. Uh, For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Okay, I got to pause on this, and then we'll get into the Lord's Prayer. This is the most confusing challenging part of your basic perception of what prayer is. For your Father already knows what you need. Okay, so what is prayer then? See, so do you guys see that Jesus is introducing an idea that's not in- intuitive? So you, we think that we're, God is waiting for us to explain our need so he can come and save the day. That's what we think prayer is. And sometimes we think if we repeat ourselves enough, he'll eventually hear us because he's obviously slow of hearing. This is obviously the issue. It's not me. I've articulated this really well. It's, it's him, and he's really far away. So maybe if I say it on repeat, like sonar, eventually it'll just get to him, and then it'll bounce back. So you don't do that, right? No, no. You've never repeated the same prayer every day for months until you just gave up. That's not you, you wouldn't do that because you believe when you say something to your friend, they hear you. I don't have to repeat myself. He's smarter than me. He's not forgetting. You know that, right? So every day when you wake up with the same issue, you don't go, hey, are you going to fix it? 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 I'm a good prayer warrior. Are you going to fix it? 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 Oh, we have a great relationship, me and God. Are you going to fix it? Please fix it. Fix it. Please fix it. It's getting worse. Please fix it. How long does this work? I must, like, Elkin, pray with me. He's going to fix it. He's going to fix it. He's going to fix it. Please fix it. Please fix it. Please fix it. 30 minutes. Check. I got to go to work now. I prayed for 30 minutes today. Surely that's going to change things. And you could add starvation, so you could could fast. Are Are you going to fix it? Are you going to fix it? Are you going to fix it? He hears me better when I don't eat. Are you going to fix it? Are you going to fix it? Are you going to fix it? Okay, is that what prayer is? It's not. But I'll tell you guys, that's the nature of our lives, where we live in an environment where there's constant pressure, barrage of attack of mental and physical duress. It's the nature of the earth we live in. God is, is looking over the earth at all times. For those that can understand that he, is creator, is longing for relationship and honor. But he, is father, is willing, as he looks over the earth, to hear the one who's like, are you going to fix it? Are you going to fix it? Are you going to fix it? And he goes, oh, look at my little boy. He's trying. My little boy might be 58 years old and in that pattern for 30 years of his life. But to God, he's my little boy, and I'm going to show grace. I'm going to show mercy, and I'm going to bring him in, and it's good. And every once in a while, I might let him think that his prayer was so effective and fervent. It was a fervent prayer. I was louder and stronger, and I said faster. I'll let him think that that's what did it this time. So he's encouraged. Have you ever encouraged a three-year-old? I've got one of those. You're doing so good. When are they doing good? When they pick up one of the 50 toys they just threw all over your house. You're like, great job. So, you're so good at organizing and cleaning. You're so thoughtful. Please don't pee on the floor. Like that kind of stuff. Like that's, that is encouraging, a three-year-old. That's who we are at times. And God's not upset with you. But I want you with me, when I said this is an advanced placement lesson, I want you with me to venture into the next stage where we understand that God knows what we need before we ever open our mouth. He's not waiting for us to open our mouth in some form of acknowledgement that he's God. I think at times we can think we're honoring him by saying, I have pain, do you see me? Or I must articulate it, otherwise he's surely not there to act. What kind of dad do you have? (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to be like that, but like like what kind of dad would do that? Like he, he cares, he's watching. It's a long story always. There's a lot going on always. And I don't want you to be three years old for the rest of your life in the spirit. I want you to grow with me where we start to understand what Jesus meant when he said, go to a private place. Don't recite a lot of things. Don't talk on end, on end, on end. It's quiet there. No one's there. It's just you and God. And then wait and consider. Consider before you say anything. He already knows what you need. Not just what you feel. He actually knows what you need behind the feeling. He knows the depth of the things that are causing you to have to come to him with that pain. And so just consider before you start to announce the pain, the reason for the pain, your fix for the pain that you're asking for, or maybe it's the positive, let's, let's, let's go to the pain side, positive side. Uh, the dream, the dream that he might have had spoken into, the, the, the issues that might be roadblocking you from achieving that dream, the excitement over life that you once had, that you're like, God, you've you got to get going. He knows it all. He knows everything that's stopping those things from being resolved. He knows everything that's really necessary for you to get to the place you're supposed to go. So what's left now? If we're going to pray, if it's no longer about your need, where should we be going when we sit down with the Lord in that quiet place? So Jesus says this, let's go to the next slide. He says, pray then in this way. Okay. All right. You guys ready now? It's exciting. Let's go. All right. Next one. All right. I'm going to, we're going to do a couple things here. So we're going to go through all of this. And then on the right, I'm going to tell you what the subject of each of these lines is. It's a little English class thing. All right? So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Okay, that's the first thing you should do when you're going to God. Push. Next slide. What's the subject of that first one? God's name. God's the subject. When I go to God in prayer, God's the first subject on the table. And when I go to God in prayer, it's not just about identifying Him, although that is part of this, our Father. I must go to Him as Father. And my Father is good because I've been reborn and I have a new Father, the Father that created all this beauty. That's Him. He cares. And remember, He died too and He, he resurrected. So th- that's who I'm connecting with. So it's, I am so excited to be with with you, Father. That's part one. Part two is because of who you are, Hallowed. that's that that funny word for I, I revere you. I'm so amazed to be in your presence. Does that sound like prayer or does that sound like worship to you? It's prayer, right? See, this is the redefinition of what it means to interact with God. I think we think that anytime we're celebrating him, we're just worshiping and that's a category. But Jesus says when I interact with God, worship or what feels like worship is actually the foundation of all interactions. All right, next slide. Your kingdom come, what's the subject of that? God's kingdom. So you're telling me I go to him in a secret place and talk to him about what means the most to me, but I don't get to start with that. I start with honoring him, and then I bring my attention, once I've done the honoring him part, I bring my attention to his kingdom, his reign, his domain, and dominion. In heaven... And on earth, I'm reminding myself and God that you are above all of this. You are in charge of all of this. Man, that feels like a different tone than fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Come on now, fix it, fix it, fix it. All right, next slide. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, God's will. That's what I want to announce. That is prayer for all the needs he already knows about me, I'm starting with you're in charge, you're my dad, and it's all about your will. Give us this day our daily bread. Okay, you go, well, this is where we start to think about me, finally. I get a word in, right? What's the subject, Michael? God's provision. The acknowledgement that you need him because it's really him that's bringing you bread. It's it's your life doesn't exist without him. Your sustenance, your physical needs cannot be met without him saying yes, continue to meet them. It's not identifying the need, it's, Lord, today are the things I want to celebrate and I wanna ask you for. Have you guys ever spent days months, maybe years of your life fixated on things that are ahead of you, just your mind is captivated on where you think you're supposed to be going or what's supposed to happen, and you find yourself agitated, frustrated, just totally, totally upset at times. You wouldn't say it, but truthfully you're upset with God because you're like, this isn't going where it's supposed to go. But you don't know that, you don't know that. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow's concerns, focus on today's. And so when you're praying, if you find yourself drifting into the future, even here by a day, you may find that your perspective, your tone is wrong. Jesus is saying, hey, you want to be healthy? You want to have a great relationship with God in prayer? If you're going to start to get into your needs and his provision for you, what happens today? And I'll promise you, more often than not, the stress, the worry, the agitation over what is ahead of you will dissolve because you'll realize, whoa, I'm actually not too bad. I actually did eat this morning. I actually ate a lot last night. Maybe I don't need to eat this morning. Maybe today's food is covered. Thanks, God. I ate 17,000 calories yesterday. We're great. Your perspective. God is trying to train your mind and train your tone how do you approach me? And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. God's forgiveness. Next subject. All right, and lastly, and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. What's this? God's rescue. Oh, this does not sound like my prayer life. It does not. My prayer life is, okay, I've got some time. How do I... Stop racing about my day. Oh, I can't stop. God, you got to talk to me about this one. This topic is too loud. Come on, jump in. Be kind. And he's like, oh, you're in third grade today. I'm like, I don't care. I need your help. <laughs> I, I can't take it. I, I, I want to be like Jesus, and I want to meditate on the goodness and greatness of God and how obviously you're in control of all this. But I am so loud. These circumstances are so loud. I had, a, I had an experience when uh, there was a season for us where Soph had a, a incurable disease. It was uh, CRPS, it's a pretty serious one. Um, it, it creates a ton of pain, it's a nerve disease. They don't really understand it all that well. It's uh, really, really awful and it's kind of debilitating and so it's like if you touch your, for her, the foot, if you touch your foot or if you touch your arm or whatever, it's like, shooting pain, it's as if you've been stabbed. It's just like real, so like socks on, a lot of pain. Touch the rug, a lot of pain. Touch sheets, can't do that, a lot of pain. And so we were in that situation for over a year, three years, um, and you say, we, yeah, we. <laughs> Two become one, and then in those seasons, you were in, in it together. It was really loud, really loud, because it's debilitating. It's like, we can't walk. We're young and active, we do things, we like to put socks on and walk and shoes, those kind of things. (laughs) Not to mention, like, it's just a ton of pain, which creates a ton of stress, which creates a ton of questions. Um, And so my prayer life was really impacted by that that thing. When we were sleeping on the floor in the living room for month after month, we were getting prayer at every prayer service we could get when we were traveling all over trying to get prayer, when we, were, we were at Stanford for month after month after month, and we had maxed out all the narcotics. They're like, you can't do this anymore. And we're like, we don't really want to. We want to be fixed. They're like, yeah, but you just, you, we're not going to give you any pain meds anymore. So it's like, all right, pain meds are over. So now it's just like grin and bear it. And how long is this supposed to last? Oh, the rest of your life. It's incurable. So like that was the, that was the place we were in. Um, she was unbelievable her tone was oh god's gonna fix this (laughs) and i was like you're crazy this is (laughs) this is rough like yeah maybe in month one but in year three it was like oh this is rough but i had an interaction on the floor of our living room one night because we were just there just going to bed like we would and i was i was talking to god not in this structure (laughs) I was telling God that we have a real need here and you're not coming and I know you can so I'm really concerned and the tone was probably 10 times more aggressive than that in here not out here out here was need your help in here was you, rage anger pain and it was, it was going in one direction. And it was, you can, but you're not. And so my prayer life wasn't a prayer life because my ins- insides were dominated by a topic, by a moment. And you say, well, I understand. God doesn't understand that. Because God, he understands, but he doesn't say it's okay. And that's what happened to me that, night I was praying probably in the same way I had been praying for years at that point not knowing it but I was aggressively going after him saying come and for a moment it was like I saw heaven open but it was blurry and I saw God on the throne but it was blurry but I knew it was him and an audible voice said I am God who are you? And it was it was the most affecting like words I'd ever heard in my life. And it was you basically you be quiet was the tone that he came to me with. You don't have the right to speak to me that way is what he was coming back at me with. And remember it wasn't out loud it was in secret, it was in quiet. And for like weeks, I felt like I couldn't talk. I was shaken by what he, the tone that he spoke to me in. And it put all things kind of back in order in that moment. And I, I, was, I was immediately in a place where I said, I'm sorry, you're God, and I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was humbled. Humbled, humbled. We weren't healed that night. We weren't healed that month. But he eventually healed Sophia. We were in a worship service. He met her, and it was gone, and it never came back. His grace, his mercy, his love. But in that process, he told me there's a proper approach to me. There's an approach that's founded in honor of me as the God of creation, of me as the king of a kingdom of me as the one who sustains your life, has given you your life, and loves unconditionally. But as a mature person, because that's the difference, I wasn't a five-year-old. I was a mature person who had walked with the Lord a long time, who had seen his miracles, who had seen wonderful things. For a mature person who's seen good things to question the goodness of the person who does the good thing is is a violation of relationship. It is an improper approach to the king of the universe. And so I was humbled that day, and it's, it, it resonates every once in a while, I'll see that image again, and it's, it's really powerful, and it's really beautiful, and it's really true. And so what I wanted you guys to get today with me was an appreciation, not just an appreciation of fearing God, because that's what did to me that day he, he he kind of put a little fear in me <laughs> a lot of fear in me like i could end this in a moment for you fear in me um that was a healthy thing though i needed that but there's an appreciation for my approach to god if i can transcend the natural cares the natural concerns that are obviously all around me The physical need, the emotional need, the financial need, the relational needs that I have. If I can not ignore, but set those aside and approach the Lord from a position of honor. And this is a relational approach to him. I think the reward that God has in mind will be available to me. And I I saw an image this week, and and that's why we're talking about this today. I saw angels flying over some far-off place, and I saw a really poor, shirtless man in a hut. And he was praying, and I heard his words. His words were celebrating the goodness of God, honoring God for being God. He was rejoicing because he was communicating with God. And I saw the angels stop, and they, they said, Let's act on his behalf. They weren't acting out of his need because he was in a a region where all of those huts were the same. All of those people were poor. It wasn't that he was less than, worse off than, in more need than. The difference for him was that his heart was postured in a place of great honor and celebration. He had a deep awareness that he is a sojourner You guys remember that? If you if you don't look look up that word, it's a beautiful study. But Abraham understood that his his time here on earth is just that a time but it's about the eternal forever story that he was investing in with God. So yes, I'll leave this land. Yes, I'll sacrifice my son. Yes, I'll plant here. Yes, I'll go to war there. It's only temporary because I have a bigger vision and I know the arc and story of God is a story that transcends just my generation. It's multiple generations. I can participate if I can agree and stay in alignment with God and the Holy Spirit. And this is the pattern. And it's a pattern of honoring him in spite of all that's going on in and around me. It's a maturity, it's a depth. And I believe that you are drawn here today because you are called into that depth of relationship with the Lord. It's not something to think about, it's something to change. I will change this about me. I know he knows my needs. I'm going to invest my relational time, not in lecturing him or speaking at him. I'm going to begin to invest in honoring him above all things. If the story of your life in heaven is one where they turn and they look and they go, let's let's review the story of the life. If the story of the life is dominated by a posture that was worshipful, honoring in spite of whatever came your way, then you're in the ranks of the heroes. You're in the ranks of those that could be used, could be called, could be able to affect a region or a people, not just your circumstance. I don't want you to be three years old, five years old, ten years old. I want you to be a hero, and you're capable. And it has everything to do with your connection with the Holy Spirit, your connection with God. And it's a place of great reverence, great fear, but of great value. It's not just a place of trembling. It's I come to you with joyful anticipation and honor because that's who you are and you're worth it. And I'll tell you, if you do this, the first season of doing it, you're going to be fighting the volume of your concerns. You're going to be combating the dominance of your thought patterns and your process. You're going to be silencing those things. But once you get past that, it's almost like you're retraining your flesh. You're renewing your mind. You're saying, these things are meaningful, but they're not more meaningful than him. I'm going to prioritize him over these things. And once you get that pattern in place, you'll find that when you come to him, he's there to speak. And when he speaks, you find that you don't want to speak. You want to listen. And what might he speak about today? What could he talk to me about today? What could he show me today? It's infinite because he's infinite. It's good because he's good. It's powerful because he's powerful. It's not so much that your prayer was perfect and you recited the right thing. It's that you're in relationship with the one who can speak. And when he speaks, just like in creation, it's changed. And he longs to speak to people who will hear him from a place of honor and purity because when he speaks, he can change things on earth. It's his pattern. He doesn't do anything without revealing himself first to someone. Could that be you? And it will only be you if you yield your life, yield your priority internally to him. And the dialogue, the relationship becomes transcendent. It's spiritual. It's God leading. And there's a really wonderful thing. This is the last thing. You guys have been so patient. The last thing is the Holy Spirit is designed, designed to be your help. He, has, he himself is a person that will join you in those conversations. He will prompt you and lead you in worship. He'll lead you in honoring God's name. He'll lead you in celebrating his kingdom, knowing and reciting that his will is greater than yours. He'll he'll tell you that God will provide. He'll remind you of these truths. He He will let you remember that there's nothing you've done that's too great. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here with you. We're still together. And finally, he will say that there is no power on earth that's greater than our God. This prayer, not one of you have ever prayed this last part. I don't, don't. maybe you've recited it, but no one has said, hey, God, help me from Satan. Satan's trying to get me. Like, and really meant it because you knew it was Satan. Like, that is not part of your prayer life normally. You don't think that way. But Jesus said, no, you have to understand there are forces against you, but God rescues us from all of those things. And they're very real. And so just putting perspective around God being the king, him being the most powerful, and you being in a place where you can have relationship with that knowledge is the introductory to advanced placement prayer. You've got it. You've got it now. You've got it. You've got it. And you can do it. And it can start today. But I'll tell you, be courageous in silencing the volume of the concerns that you brought into this room today. It doesn't mean God's going to ignore them. Remember, He cares and He knows. But you having hope and faith because you, you meditate on His bigness will actually allow you to be empowered that I can carry the kingdom with me joy, peace, righteousness, regardless of what's going on because He's King. All right. You have a better tone in your prayer life as of today. No excuses. It's over. All right, let's pray. Father, you know it all. I just bless our family here. I bless them. I bless them with courage to initiate a new prayer life, one that is reflective of your prayer life, God. Give them great hope and insight as a result of you growing bigger and your relationship with them growing stronger. Open their ears to hear in their prayer life, not to speak. Open their ears to hear and and quiet their mouths. Let them develop a discipline to hear your voice and celebrate you as a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. If any of you guys want prayer this morning, we'd love to pray with you. We have teams that will do that. You need healing in your body, you want prayer for any other reason, we'd love to pray with you for any of those reasons. God bless you guys. We love you. Let's all stand up. Give somebody a hug on your way. Amen.